Sunday to everybody. I am sitting in the living room of two of my best friends in the whole wide world, Joshua Brooks Wilkerson and Amy Lee Farrell Wilkerson. <laughs> that's, that's a big sure. name. And somebody in the womb, I should say, not just in the room. Yes. yes Introduce sir. yourself. Ezra. Ezra Brooks Wilkerson. So Ezra Brooks is due in October. October. All of the best babies are born in October. You would say that. So I, I gave the actual names, like, you know, they're government names, but these guys are, to me, Farrell and Brooks. Yeah. And so if you hear me refer to them, that will be what I call them, but I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. So, I guess I'm Amy Lee Farrell Wilkerson. <laughs> um, I am a medical assistant at Greensboro Rheumatology. And. What does that mean? It's a two year degree. You do some of the same thing as nurses, but not everything. So, we don't do IVs and we don't. Um, but we draw blood and we get shots and we prescribe medicine. Because I think it's lasted at least the 15 years that Absolutely. I've known. Absolutely. That's a long season. I think it's just gotten better, though, being pregnant. I think mm. I just really enjoy it more mm. than ever. And you actually have a, a more justifiable excuse. Absolutely. To eat all of the random things and that I you've been eating. <laughs> right, that she's been eating. Because I know... <laughs> I mean, you would show up in the Sheets drive-thru for breakfast and Whoa. get a sun drop and dill pickle chips. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, wait. This is no too early. I with my friends, obviously. <laughs> there are some things we don't have to talk about. Oh, what well, no. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm going to snitch. Yeah, he's uh -oh. really going to snitch on me. But let's see. What else? Um, worship, music. Mm-hmm. Um, Singing it, listening to it. Yeah. Writing it. Playing that it. Whole, yeah, the whole night. Well, I don't really play anything. So oh, whatever. That's terrible. You know <laughs> it. So does the world. That is you like. Can, I won't say that that's one of your top <laughs> giftings, but. She you, can. But it's you not are able. the top 100. <laughs> Just, you know. Like, no one's ever going to ask me to play anything. Ever. Really? You think they will? If, they, if they're desperate <laughs> if enough. If they're desperate. We're going to give you a two-chord two progression. A sound of desperation. <laughs> That's they what it is. for me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. So, that's so, my life. So, AM with Amy. AM with Amy. It started in January. So, we started this year. And it was just something I felt like God laid on my heart. Like It started really us doing more worship stuff. But then I felt like God started laying on my heart to do like more of a Bible study encouragement mm -hmm. to the people and just be really real and raw. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to sing. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Well, um, I know we, we, we had no way of knowing when you started this in January that we were going to be right in a global pandemic within two months of that. Correct. And people would have to be in their homes. Correct. And it's I was so like, good. okay, Jesus, I see you. Yeah. So I um, decided to be obedient because, you know, um, we might want to do that. That's good. And um, so, yeah, God has been really faithful, and it's really becoming one of my favorite things to do during the week. 
you know, just in preparation and in doing things, but it also keeps my relationship with God, I think, stronger and not so reliant on other people or other messages or other things. And it's really made me have to, you know, dig deeper. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. But I just love talking to the people in the morning. Like, I love, like, bringing them in the living room. Yeah. And, and you can't see them. They can't see. Yeah, and they you, can see me, but I, I mean, can't they see can them. comment, but it's not the same as being in, like, a building where they're shouting you down and you're kind of, you know, feeding off their mm-hmm. energy. So I don't know when they walk out. I'm like, that's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know they'd be doing that sometimes. Uh, like, they do. But yeah, but it's, so. been, it's been so good. But I'm going to let, I'm going to let, Mr. Brooks, Baby. introduce himself and tell us a little bit about his lovely life. I'm Joshua Brooks Wilkerson, <laughs> the Hello. one and only. Absolutely. Um, currently, I am a quality professional for Siemens Energy based out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So, can you go into detail about what, what does your job entail? Being, no. I mean, quality professional. Quality what professional. What is that? Basically, I work in inspections. I make sure, well, let me back up. Uh, Siemens Energy, we make sure we keep the lights on, the power going. Um, we are part of the power generation mm-hmm. um, field in the United States of America. So, we are considered essential if you want oh, lights and you want absolutely. water. Absolutely. Um, we Technology, act- Wi-Fi, those are correct. <laughs> first world problems. Well, actually, one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest companies that Siemens helped directly from the North Carolina division is Duke Energy. Yeah. Um, and we provide the parts, the spare parts, to keep the turbines wow. going. That provide water. That helps provide energy. So it's not only that, but if you go into a different division, we provide a lot of things for the healthcare industry as far as mm-hmm. X-rays. Um, Oh, wow. A different type of medical equipment. So, see, I didn't even know all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've known yeah. you for a long time, which I mean, I know you've only been working there for a year, but yeah, well, that's cool. It's pretty dope. I mean, yeah. I like it. I just know you work a really early shift, and and you you go in. Well, I mean, you go to the gym early before COVID when they closed gyms. Lord, I miss the gym. But <laughs> y'all, let me tell you, this dude he wakes up at like three or four o'clock in the morning yes. and hits the gym. Hard. consistently and hits it hard like I love it and then comes home and makes coffee for his wife right yeah. and <laughs> breakfast and I mean I we, oh. we sleep I'm, <laughs> right we, we still sleep. sleep and like Brooks has already done you know more than most people do in a week and he's done it before <laughs> like sun comes up right I love it I love yeah it. I that love- is normally a part of your life correct um, until pandemic hits and closes gyms but I know you've still been active and finding ways to exercise. Uh, I wish that was the truth, but see what had happened was Uh I started liking food and food started liking (laughs) me. So food sat on my ribs. So I sit down (laughs) and I gained a few pounds. So y'all were both experiencing pregnancy right Right. now. Oh, true story. I mean, I did not believe this because they say sometimes the father will catch some of the symptoms that, uh, the Uh-oh. mother catches and I'm like, yo, this is for real. Like, no joke. Today we were driving down the road and she was like, babe, I have heartburn. I was like, stop playing. It just hit me in the chest. I was like, no, for real. She was like, yeah. I was like, I can't make this stuff up. Wow. Like, for real. So it wasn't just what y'all ate. Like, no. it was, I mean, it was legit. Like, y'all were feeling each other's pain. 
It's really sweet. Dang. I, it, I, was, I mean, it is sweet. I mean, it's it annoying and it's sweet. It yeah. happened last week, too. Yeah, it keeps happening. <sighs> but it's kind of funny. Now, Brooks, if you start walking around holding your back and wobbling, I'm going to know something's up. Like, something this is wrong. Something. Well, something is wrong when I do that. <laughs> oh, <not> already? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> is, that, is that a symptom or a side effect of not going to the gym? I mean, I get up and I'd be like, oh, my back. <laughs> oh, 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 girl. Wow. I think that's just her mattress. I don't think. Okay. Yada yada yada. <laughs> well, um, okay. So anyway, so that all right. So that's like your 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 job and your hobby. Um, talk about what you did before this, because I know the last several years you've been, um, you've been pastoring. You worked at an aircraft tire company, so I know you've got you got a lot of. You have a big skill set. I'll put it that way. Like there's there's a whole lot that you can do, and so I'm sure it's hard to kind of narrow in on mastering any one thing but well I've oh lord I don't know where to begin um, I'm a musician I've been playing since I can remember mm-hmm. um, started playing officially for a church in Eden in Eden um, when I was 15 I played from 15 to 30 so I was 30 years old. I was mm-hmm. a musical director of the church. Um, while being a music director, I accepted my call into preaching and teaching. I was licensed as a missionary Baptist preacher um, in 2006. From there, I was ordained. From there, I started pastoring a church in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Pastored the church for five years. God laid it on my heart that he had greater things for me to do and he led me to I don't want to say greener pastures but to a new assignment Mm -hmm. Um, so I resigned in 2018 Um, didn't stop preaching I was still preach I love to preach I love to teach Um, I just love Jesus yeah like for real like for real for real love Jesus so both of you guys have a history of of ministry from a young age. We're n- we're not going to get into into the depth of the cassette tapes that that Amy has um, from when she was recording. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. I don't even know how old she was, but you know. But you guys, you were both raised in church. Um, Amy, you were a pastor's daughter. Yes. And. Uh, so and both of you are are you know worshipers, musicians, worship leaders. So maybe, and, and, and it's probably affected you both like differently, but how would you say that, that learning how to not just sing a worship song, but to allow that to be like a lifestyle of, you know, of worship, like how has that molded your life? Because you both work secular jobs. You know, ministry is not all that you've, you've done. You've had to, to balance that with other things. So maybe how is that, how is the ministry and the worship and, that kind of spilled over into your the other compartments of your life you have to be have a structure you have to be disciplined I think that's one thing I'm learning is um, you can wear yourself out very quickly you mean irons in the fire I feel like you can burn yourself out so I feel like being involved in ministry at a really young age is either gonna make you or break you in life because mm-hmm. you're either gonna love it 
or you're gonna hate it. <laughs> um, and that's really just being honest yeah. because it is so like go all the time and so much extra stuff and it just can wear you down. And then to add a job to that and add a husband to that and add a child mm-hmm. to that and all this extra stuff, honey, you need, <laughs> you need coffee, you need something. Yeah. But I think if you learn how to be disciplined and you learn that life flows from that place of worship, like mm-hmm. realizing when your tank is empty and realizing where to go to be refueled and realizing when we were listening to a sermon this morning from church um, and the title was, Are You Thirsty? And she was talking about um, realizing when you are spiritually just dehydrated. Um, and just making sure that you, one, are aware of it. Two, that you know where to go. Um, and three, that you have the faith to drink and what that looks like. And so for worship, for me as a lifestyle, is realizing, first of all, I'm not superwoman. Never have been, never will be, okay? I do not own a cape. (laughs) Um, But also realizing when I feel overwhelmed, like I find my peace and my joy in a posture of worship and in a posture of spending time alone with God. I can't Mm -hmm. find it in my husband. I won't be able to find it in Ezra. I can't find it in my friends. I can't even find it with titles. But just knowing that there is always a place to go and everything else is going to flow from that place. And if I ever lose sight of that place, everything else is ruined. So anytime I see like calamity or chaos in an area of my life, I always know I need to go back to the place. Some mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere's dehydrated. Yeah. So we got to wow. go back to the place. And so that has been one of the biggest lessons and I'm so grateful for ministry at such a young age and to see that because you grow up seeing your parents like just I don't know ministry is a hot mess sometimes but just seeing them Mm -hmm. like literally spiritually draining themselves and you learn very quickly what to do and what not to do Um, how to be real what's fake you can kind of decipher through crap Mm -hmm. um, that you see and you're not as moved by cords and runs and mm. outfits mm. and people's appearance and the size of their church. Talk about it. You know, you just, you just, I mean, and it's okay. It's not a bad thing, but I'm grateful for that because now I know, okay, when something isn't right in the house or something isn't right in a place, I got to go back. Right. I got to go back and, and meet him there. Of course, we know that Christ is the foundation of our salvation. Um, we will not take anything away from Jesus. But for me, worship was a foundation that God used to build me, to take me to deeper mm-hmm. depths of them. Or should I say higher heights? Let's not use depths right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because one thing I found out about worship was worship was what I needed to take me to a place that I'd never been. Mm-hmm. But worship was also a stepping stone to get me to a place to the place where God has designed for me to go um, playing in the church God has always used music as a way to open doors for me mm-hmm. uh, when I first started uh, preaching um, I had an advantage that a lot of people didn't have that advantage being I was a musician I went from church to church a lot of people knew me because 
I was the young kid that got on the organ and I knew how to hit the right note to make a jump up and to make them mm-hmm. shout and they couldn't believe somebody that was 15 or 16 years old could yeah. do that at the time but that was only a foundation God used that to get me to a place where one day I would be pastoring sure. and yes I still played while I was pastoring but that wasn't what God had called me to do because yeah. God was calling me to go a little bit higher and I think that's one of the one of the things that we have to be careful for because the things that we use as a foundation can also be the things that end up being a source of bondage for us. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between foundation and bondage because a lot of people, they have that foundation and because it's solid, because it's what they know, they stay there so they never build on that to go higher. Wow. A lot of people get stuck. Yeah, and I because mean, they have like a traditional foundation. Cor- correct, and that's where tradition and religion yeah. comes in because... God had to use something to get you started. Right. Whether you agree with it or, or, or not right now, he <laughs> used that yeah. to get you into the place where you are now, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Because there are some things that I learned as a child that was my foundation. But I can, the Jesus I knew, or should I say the Jesus that I learned about at seven, is, yes, he's the same Jesus, but he's revealed himself in a different way. So I don't need the Jesus of a seven-year-old right now. I need the Jesus of a 37-year-old. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) That hit different, didn't it? It did hit different. The age. age (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay, so so you're 37. Yes. And you're 33. So, and did did we say that you guys are in your first year of marriage? Mm-mm. So let's just talk about that <laughs> because when they found out they were having a baby, they needed more space. So they just literally moved to a, a three-bedroom place to make room. I mean, I don't know where you're going to go that second bedroom. Y'all planning on more babies? That's just my, is that my, my that's my guest room. Is that, that's, that's your room. That's right. Right. That's okay. what I thought. But, that's true. You know. Kiss room. Um, Kiss room. But you guys have only known that each other, you know, was even alive for, hmm, like what? Not even, not even four years. No, no, no. Let's check this right now. Because let, let's let's Uh-oh. check this right back now. Check, back because check. me, Amy, and I, we started dating in what two thousand and seventeen, correct? Because we got engaged in eighteen, married right. in nineteen, have a baby in twenty. Lower them years. Wow. But anywho, Amy challenged <laughs> me. She was like, uh, "We weren't friends. I I didn't know you." I connected with her on Facebook three years before oh. I even met her. I didn't even know we were so, friends on Facebook. See? So. That's right. And so right. it was a worship night. Correct. In a city that was neither of your hometown. Right. And if I remember correctly, Brooks, you sent Farrell a Facebook message. You had already been friends with her though. Three on years. Facebook for yeah. three years. She yeah. didn't know because she got, you know, she's already maxed she out think, of her. She friends. wasn't thinking about me. But she didn't have Messenger downloaded at the time. And I only know this because I was at your house the night that you downloaded Messenger because you needed to get a message from somebody else. And you saw where he had done this. And that was from like October all the way to like February. That's right. Is that right? That was your birthday. That's a really good memory right there. Wow. So I was, and then, and I remember you asking like, should I, like, should I message him like it's been so nervous it's been like four the stories that happen in the background (laughs) (laughs) 
like it's been four months since he reached out since that worship. I'm like, should I even message him back? And you you did. I think I said, I was like, yeah. Why not? Why not? Sure. I mean, especially if he's trying to like take you out and get free dinner. I mean, that's what I always do. See? See? See look, everybody listening to the podcast, y'all know, if you ask me out, I'm, I'm going to say yes to free dinner. Wow. May not be anything else. But that's fine. I, there's no shame in my game. I like shame too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so you were singing at a worship night. I think you were playing whatever. Actually, Y'all, it was my friend. That's right. Um, you were just attending. Yeah. Kelvin. He he it's asked Kelvin. me to come and pray uh, because with, I mean I was the pastor. So yeah, yeah right. Because you are the designated prayer. Because <laughs> everybody wants to read scripture. Everybody wants to sing song, but right. nobody wants to pray for some reason. So who else better to call? Let's call the pastor. <laughs> right. Well. Shout out to Kelvin Chappelle Designs. That's it. Yeah. There we go. Plug him in there. Plug him. So yeah. I mean, and I don't even know what your message is. I don't even think you told me. It was, it's probably like, hey girl, you single? Right. Hit me up. Hey boo. Hey no. boo. <laughs> if it had started with hey boo, I'd have been like, delete. Right. Lock. No. Who knows? I'm sure it was no. extremely respectful. It was and super respectful. And then like, I felt bad because then I clicked on his profile and I was we were friends and noticed he was a pastor. And I was like, oh, that's so, so disrespectful. Her, res- her response was, hey pastor. Absolutely. <laughs> You might be a church kid <laughs> if you just refer to people like by their titles so like that. I'm sorry. I'm just getting your message four months later. Wow. Well, hey. But it was not Apparently, I was going to say, the timing would not have been right four months ago. And Absolutely it was apparently not. very right in this time and in this season because you guys did end up going out to one of my, actually probably my favorite restaurant, Celtic Friends in Reedsville. Yeah, Shop local. I'll give them a, a shout out too. And um, so, so, man, like that was around shortly after your birthday in February yeah. of 2017. March 2nd. By the following birthday, he Shit. proposed to you. Is that right? It escalated pretty quickly, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then the following year, yeah. you're married, and that's what you're saying. Now, like, you know. And now, now like, because this time last birth. year, we were preparing for a wedding, and now we're preparing for a baby. Mm. Let that sink in for you. Right. <laughs> so, like, I'm sure that you guys both, as as teenagers, as young adults, like you, you dreamed of being married. You dreamed of having a family. Um, you did not know that it was going to be with the one that you are with now, because Correct. I mean, you didn't, you didn't even like know each other. Even if you had been Facebook friends for three years, you were still very much an adult and living independently at that at that point. Um, so maybe just briefly talk about like what what does life look like now that maybe you didn't expect. Uh, and that could be, and I'll just, and I'll just put it this, you are a black man and you are a white woman. Yeah. I don't know Whoa. if you ever anticipated marrying a white woman. I don't know if you ever anticipated marrying Did a black not. man. That would be a negative, but you should have saw that one coming. Right. <laughs> I had there were signs in my life. But I just missed them. Okay. I, what, I, I didn't miss them, but okay. Whatever. I think, so, for, I think for me yeah. now is that we're married, have baby Ezra on the way. I can look back over the years and see how God just like so specifically orchestrated how we would meet. Mm-hmm. So understanding that God ordained this and God put us together, you know, I have a whole different perspective on my marriage. I can't speak for anybody else, right. but God started lining this, our marriage up from 2007. Wow. 
I mean, and it, it's crazy because it all started for me back in 2007 when um, I was supposed to go on a cruise. Me and one of my best friends, um, we signed up for a cruise. We were headed down three days before the cruise. He said, man, I don't know what it is, but God won't let me go on the cruise. I'm hot. Right. I'm like, who don't go on a cruise? I'm like, dude, <laughs> we just paid like a thousand dollars to go on a seven day cruise. We're we're going to Miami. We're gonna have a good time. Neither one of us and we were taking a bus down there and I didn't know anybody. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, what am I gonna do? So a few days later, I had met Kelvin Chappelle. I did not know Kelvin. Wow. But God placed on my heart, ask him, because Jamie was like, well, if you find somebody to take my place, we can just switch their names out, and we'll just take care of all the logistics later. So I didn't know Kelvin. I called him. I was like, yo, Kelvin, I know we're not cool like that, but do you want to go on a free <laughs> cruise? You don't have to pay anything. He was like, yo, for real? So. Who turns that down? So I end up going on a cruise with Kelvin Chappelle and we end up striking a friendship Mm -hmm. like no other on that cruise. Yeah. If, and it's crazy because at the moment when I thought it was a point of betrayal, it was actually God setting me up Mm -hmm. 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. That's why I can say God knows the plans that he has for us, plans to prosper us and to give us an expected end. Because 10 years later, I meet Amy Farrell. And a point of desperation and a point of frustration and a point where I was mad at him and everybody else because I thought I was all alone. Uh And at the point when I thought I was all alone, God was preparing me for the one that was going to be with me the rest of my life. See, this is what happens when you get two preachers on a on a podcast. <laughs> we straight up have a judge. I'm like, what? I mean, you're talking about your own individual life and y'all's love story, but literally, like that, probably ministers to so many people that are going to be listening about how what they're seeing right now as a moment of betrayal or as disappointment or whatever that God is. It's setting. He's setting, setting them up. up. Yes. Wow. Because be encouraged, I, people. Be encouraged. Because I'm going to be honest. When I look at the whole story of both of us, mm-hmm. and I don't even think I've said anything to my boo, so I hope she doesn't check me after this. Mm-hmm. You know, it was <laughs> at that it was at that point of betrayal was around the same year she started talking to another individual and had a relationship with that individual. Because if you go back about eight years from yeah. the time we met, that was around the same time when God crushed wow. my heart and I was like frustrated. So let let's look at the grand scheme of thing. Could it Man. could it have been that maybe we were supposed to meet back then, but we never knew each other, and God had to allow me to go through hell and high water for ten years to mold me into the man that I am now, just so I could be prepared for her ten years later. Because when I met my baby, she was a mess. Wow, absolutely. And if wow. I wouldn't went through the hell, the high water, all that kind of good stuff before I met her. Let me tell you, the way our relationship started, we wouldn't be together. Right. Because our first date was horrible. It was horrible. It was so bad, but the food was so good. <laughs> I mean... It wasn't good. Because nope. I've never been so blunt with a woman on my first date. as she, I told her I was the cutoff king, and she told me she hated men. 
First date. First date. No, no lovey dovey, nothing. No nothing. Check, please. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't leave. That's what was so weird. Like we didn't leave. Like it was, it was the weirdest, strangest date ever. But I mean, but you think I was gonna say, but you realized that after you had been through life and had lived through heartbreak and through you know all these times of preparation and you know you you've learned so much that yeah if y'all had met 10 years prior then the timing would have been probably really off but God was using your situation Brooks to grow you and obviously he was preparing you as well Pharaoh like just to to be the wife that you needed to be and like I, I can't I can't imagine or like put together a more like perfect love story of how God used everything that y'all went through to put you in this situation and I it's it's true though because they say you know God uses every piece God Mm -hmm. uses every piece and I think that's my favorite thing about our story is literally we can look at our lives and every single piece everything yeah is being used and we've had to like revisit it and be like oh I know how to do this because of this or I know how to handle this because of that I'm like, well, dang. I mean, he's using every single piece. And I'm so grateful, but it also encourages my faith for the future. Oh, yeah. So when things are, like, chaotic, I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. (laughs) I know who's writing the story here. Yeah. I know the narrative of our lives, and I know I have seen God literally make something out of nothing but pieces Hmm. and out of nothing but dust. And that is, that's where I was when I met him. Yeah. I was pieces. <laughs> literal pieces. And just to see what God has done is crazy. It is. And and this is this is not intended to be like a a shift like to something negative, but I know that even though it is amazing and beautiful to see what God's done, I know that it has not been all peaches and cream right. since y'all have met. Like I know that there have been things that you guys have had to work through. And like hard conversations you you've had to to have, right. and I think sometimes right. when people like myself, I'm not married, and so when I look at you know newlyweds, and I just from the outside, I'm like, man, they're so perfect. I bet they never argue. I bet they never have a disagreement. I bet you know he just fixes her coffee all the time, and she just gives him foot rubs, and I just you know I'm like that's beautiful. But then I think I see other marriages, and it's just like literally, it's just like people are cohabitating. Well, so you got her and. Well, and that's how, I mean, and one thing that I have learned going back to everything that you've been through, I mean, it's just a benefit or something that you learn from that you bring into your relationship. And one thing that I learned from everything that I've been through is to be intentional with everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And um, with, are things peaches and cream for me and Amy? No, they are not. But when you know that God is the writer of your story and you love God more than you love your spouse and you don't want to make God upset or you don't want to disappoint God, it makes you look at your spouse a whole lot different because Amy is a gift from God to Mm -hmm. me. So Mm -hmm. if I disrespect her, if I raise my voice at her, if I treat her some type of way, that's a slap in the face to the God that I serve. And I don't want the hands of God up against me. So every time that Amy makes me hot, I have to think about God, you made her in your own image. So I need Mm. you to make her act a little bit more like you (laughs) You and love me better right now because right now I am hot and I am upset 
But then I have to remember it. I have to be the same way. Wow. If God forgives us for all the crap that we do to, do to him uh-huh. on a daily basis, uh-huh. even even when we think we're grown and we have it all together, filled with the Holy Ghost, out and do everything. All right. But yet, we still slip up and God forgives us. Why shouldn't I make her cup a cup of coffee in the morning when he gives us air to breathe every mm. day? Mm. Why shouldn't I provide for her and take her out and get her something to eat when God provides food for me every day? My goodness. Because we're the ones who say we're Christians or we want to be more Christ-like. Wow. And that's what marriage is. It's, it's supposed to look like the relationship between God and the church. church. It's supposed to, absolutely. And so that's weighty. That's uh-huh. a lot. And so right. it's something to think about. And I also think that because our first year dating was like, Try, it, was, it was the opposite of heaven. <laughs> um, we had a lot of hard conversations that first year. We had a lot of tears that first year. It was not pleasant. But at the same time, I have never experienced someone loving me the way I think God actually loves me because I have never been that vulnerable or that broken in my entire life Hmm. and I'm pretty good at getting myself back together but for some reason that season I could not get up and so the only thing I could ever give him was pieces like so every day I just showed up still broken from the day before. And I remember telling him, and this was one of my favorite parts of our whole story, and it's something I'm going to tell our kids as they get older too. I remember one day, we'd gone for a walk, and I was like, you know, I just don't think this is fair. You're so good to me. You're so patient. You're so kind. And I have nothing to give. Like, I have nothing to offer you. Like, I I I don't have it in me, you know. This is not who I am, but I don't have it in me. And he was like, I don't need you to be perfect. I don't need you to love me the way that you've loved somebody else. Just give me your pieces. I will just love your pieces. And God will take care of the rest. And I remember just standing there for a minute. I think I cried. I'm pretty okay. sure I did. You probably, I'm getting emotional. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I lost my crowd there. I don't get emotional. And I was like, like, okay. Oh, my And it. I think from that day, though, I slowly started trusting him uh-huh. um, and realizing that he didn't want anything from me. He wanted me healed and whole, but he knew he wasn't my healer. And he knew he wasn't the answer, but God was. And so he literally let me have my broken moments and let me have my ill moments and let me be honest and raw and real. And he just stood there and he said, okay, and we would pray. Mm. He's like, God's going to heal you. And he would always speak to who I was going to be and who God saw me as, not who I saw myself. Because the way I saw myself was not a good, it wasn't a good place. Um, And I've never, I had never had that. Because usually when you show somebody your vulnerability for a long period of time, it's too weighty for them and they're usually like, listen. You know, I liked that you looked like a certain way or you could sing or you did this or you did that or you gave me something or you helped me. Mm -hmm. But when they actually just, you need them to be a pillar for you and pour into you, they kind of can only handle but so much. Josh never left. 
he never gave up on me. He never questioned my healing. He never rushed me. He never rushed me either. He never tried to put a time limit on God to say, you got to be healed by this time. And this has got to be fixed by this time. And you better not do this. And he, he never did that to me. It wasn't, was like, it wasn't either. I think he prayed a lot, bro. That, that, <laughs> that's, how, that, that's how I know I'm safe. Really. <laughs> well, I mean, I honestly, like, I thought that you proposing to her was a little early, you know, just in my own. I think, I think she felt so too. She actually was like, he better not propose to me on my birthday. And sure enough, you did. And it was great. You went Facebook live doing it. So, Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, how ballsy is that? I Can I wish, say ballsy I, on the podcast? I wish she would have said no. On on the live, <laughs> he knew I wasn't gonna say no. Yeah, though. but My I think was done, and I, I don't know if this. <laughs> I still feel some kind of way. I know that's bad. Wow, I'm sorry. That's okay. fine. That's really so I don't know if this was like your your thought process behind this, but the way that I'm seeing it is that you were so you were so patient and so persistent at the same time. In, in showing her how much you not only loved her, but like you want you wanted to to put action behind that. Cause it's one thing to say it, but another mm-hmm. thing to show it. And so I think that by you proposing and you saying like I want to put a ring on it, that's that was you saying like, hey, even if we have to be engaged for, I mean, it was almost two years. It was like it's like a year and a it half. It was a long time. Right, it was a long engagement. But you were that that was your way of saying like I'm committing to you even now, like. As we continue to grow, as you continue to heal, as we continue to, to heal together. Like, that's how I see it. And it may not have been like that for you. You might have just been like, I'm, I'm going to get on with this. But I mean, to a degree, cool. that's exactly how it was. Um, dating Amy was was very new to me because every woman that I've ever dated, they were already allegedly whole or allegedly mm-hmm. complete. Um, I was engaged like back in 2012 mm-hmm. and I was about to live my best life <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden you know my prayer has always been and I challenge anybody who is engaged or in a relationship you have to go to God with a pure heart and be straight up with them don't don't front with them don't try to be cute with them but be straight up and yeah. when I was in that um, my previous relationship I'll never forget because it was around this time I was like I got on my knees it was July the 3rd I got on my knees and I I cried out I was like God if this is not the person that you want me to be with you need to break us up and it has to be clear. Don't play with it. I don't just need like a sign, like like a push. I, I need you to, it has to be like, whoop, there it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I went with my whole heart, everything that I had, because I understand the weight of marriage. So that was July 3rd. July 4th, all opposite of heaven broke loose. <laughs> Literally, I woke up that day. And a situation happened where there was no denying that God, uh, he heard my prayer. Mm-hmm. The situation happened. It was so direct. It hit a place in me that I didn't even know was still there. That nobody really knew except for me and God. And he hit that place to show me, 
son, I'm not playing with you. This is not who you are supposed to marry. Put money down, got tuxes, everything. And he just, it was cut off. We never cheated on each other. It was no infidelity, no nothing. But God allowed something to happen so strong where neither one of us could deny it. And we're cool. I mean, if I see her, hey, how you doing? She's mm-hmm. happily married now. And God knows I'm happily married. <laughs> but yeah. that's that situation right there, I mean, I had to pray about it. And when it came to Amy, because I knew that prayer worked, I had to check myself to make sure, was I ready to really pray that? And when I prayed, I was like, God, I ain't got no time for this. So, <laughs> this is how some people let, talk to God. <laughs> Absolutely. Just in case you thought yours was old. I mean, but seriously, that's how I, I was like, yeah. you know, how we, listen, right. Linda, listen. <laughs> I was like, God, you know, my heart is right. I have a desire to be married and I want to be a good husband. I want to be a provider. So if Amy is not the one, you need to allow something to happen where I cannot deny that, hey, this mm-hmm. is this is it. I prayed that one day, nothing happened. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> All right, God, maybe you missed it. So you were really you were wanting something to happen. Like That's you were what it looking for like. something He's like looking for something. But because every other female that I had talked to I was serious. I was like, all right, God, if this ain't it, we need you to go ahead and handle it. And God worked just like that. Right. And then this time. I mean, I could be, I could be upset or something or disappointed, but it was nothing there that I already didn't know. Wow. Because from day one, we, we talked on February the 28th. That's when she finally decided to respond to a message. Hmm, Four months later. We went out on our first date on March 2nd. Before the end of March, we had sat down and we had some of the hardest conversations we could ever have in our life. She asked me questions that no woman should ever dare ask a man <laughs> until they have known them for over right. a year. And, and I y'all didn't were, care. And y'all were still like strangers. And, and I didn't like, care because I think we were so fed up by that point. I was, I just had no... You know, the first year of dating, typically for people, it's not that you're trying to be fake, but you're trying to offer your best, best. right? Like, yeah. you yeah. you go on the best dates, and you dress the best, and you wear makeup. If you wear makeup, you don't have to, because you're pretty. And, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, but you, you just give them your best, and you yeah. don't get into the really tough stuff. But I was like, you know what? We ain't got time. If you don't love me with my hair in a messy bun, with no makeup... Oh, yeah. And I ain't showered in two days, then he ain't the one. And like, <laughs> like this is just where we are. So I was like, I want to know X, Y, and Z. Wow. You don't want to answer it? We done. Like, I don't have, yeah. I have, that's where I was. Like, I grew into like a total thug after my last thing. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and, I don't care. I mean, and, you do have a glark. And, and the thing with, and the thing with relationships is if a guy really loves 
a woman like that, if she approaches him with X, Y, and Z, and he doesn't feel like he can share X, Y, and Z, why in the world do you want to be with her unless you just want her for sex or you want right. something else out of her? Because you cannot expect to be in a marriage and not be vulnerable. So if she mm -hmm. know, Amy knows the most vulnerable, vulnerable parts of me, but on the same hand, I know some of the most vulnerable parts yeah. of her and we got that out of the way within the first two months of yeah. being together <laughs> wow. well we, we weren't even together that's no. the thing we didn't even have a title i, I, I mean <laughs> yeah she would, would. You, so and, and obviously if you had to go back and do it over again you would you would handle the same you would handle absolutely. the same thing absolutely the same absolutely so i wish would that be <laughs> like this right i mean so I, that's my question is like, would you encourage for people who may, who may be single right now, who may want to be married, who may have gone through engagements that have failed or even marriages that have failed, relationships that have ended, that when you, when you really do want to settle down, get the hard stuff out of the way first so that people know where you're at. Like, and it, what you're dealing with. Right. So, it, yeah. Because you can see crazy, you know, From pretty, a mile pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> If you ask the right <laughs> questions, you're right. But not um, only can you see crazy if you ask the right questions, you can also see the true contents mm -hmm. of oh, their the heart. heart. Mm -hmm. Because like, out of the heart, well, no, yeah, I, I, I almost started preaching. Okay. Out of the heart, <laughs> the mouth speaks. And so you, you can, can tell the contents and you can tell, uh, and I wish I would have known this when I was first dating. That would have saved me a lot, of, a lot of time right there. But you can usually tell what somebody wants from you by the questions that you ask. Mm-hmm. And if I'd have been honest with so myself, good. you know, I probably would have known. Now, some of the things I probably would have done anyway, just because of what I wanted to do from my past. Mm -hmm. But I believe when you get to an age and you're dating and you're serious about marriage, merge. Mm -hmm. And you are looking for someone to spend your life with, I absolutely believe in hard questions first. Like, get it out of the way. Don't waste your time. You don't have to date somebody for 18 years and try to figure out who they are. Like, get it out of the way. Ask the tough stuff. And then having a relationship with God to show you the intent of their heart. Like, God, are they lying to me? Because some people are great at lying. Can we just talk about it? They mm -hmm. are good at it. Yeah. Um, but I think when you have a relationship with God and you're able to be vulnerable from the jump and not rude, but straight up, like, look, this is who I am. This is what I've done. This is where I've been. This is the crap I've put up with. And this is the crap I'm not going to put up with. How do you feel about this? <laughs> exactly. You hit, you hit something that we, that we didn't really say earlier, but it's not just asking the person questions that you have for them or asking what their intentions are, but it's also laying yourself out. you got to be vulnerable, too. So you can't expect somebody to absolutely. be something that you're not willing to be yourself. Wow. And that was the beauty of us. Joshua did not come at me like a, like, I don't know, like a Casanova wannabe, like, no. hey, babe, like, oh, I'm so smooth no, and cool and all this stuff. He's like, listen, I'm the cutoff king. If this don't go well, you'll never hear from me again. Period. I was like, well, great. I don't like men, so this should be great. You know, like, it was, it was I just, wish I could have been a fly more. I no, should have no. just showed up at the Celtic But we did great. And what was so bad is he was such a gentleman, too. When I first got to the restaurant, I think I told you this. He but brought I don't remember. You freaking flowers. He brought me a flower. He brought me a cupcake. He even brought me the card, the expensive Hallmark one that sings "Happy Birthday." 
You know the one like you open it and it sings the song? Like, wow. and he opened my car door. And I, in me, being the bitter mm. woman that I was at the time, was like, oh, he's one of these people. Mm. You know, like, that was my, I was like, oh, he's one of those guys. Wow. Great. But it was really sweet, though, because yeah. he had known, but he still gets my doors. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I still get flowers. Mm-hmm. He still picks dating. out the best cards. I hate, I don't do well with cards. I don't pick out well, but he does the best job. But I just, it's, it's you do, honey. Um, but you, yeah, you and then bring I feel valuable things. We both bring valuable things, yes. but even his gestures or his, you know, big gestures of, of respect did not keep me from being vulnerable and did not keep me from getting the answers and the questions that I wanted. Like, I wasn't moved by that. Like, yeah. oh, I no, really want a flower. No, or, oh, he brought me something. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to stop. So I'm just going to be, hmm. No, I was like, that is really sweet. So I hate men. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it didn't stop me from being honest about right. where I was. Yeah. And he didn't either. And I appreciate that because now we are so brutally honest about things. Like, little things. Like, things we like. That's things we don't like. And... We're not offended. Like, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you don't like my hair. So I, don't have a t- I don't have the time to be offended. Like, I, I love you. Right. To be offended or to feel like that you got to tell the person something because you think that's what they want to hear. Man, like, right. But, but in the long run, six months down the road, you're going to say, well, baby, you said you liked it. And then you're like, well. Well, I just said that. I just said that because I want to make you happy, but uh-huh. really I didn't. So this is such good, rich, like, encouragement and practical things that will help not just people in a marriage but I think any relationship like even I think that sometimes even even amongst family members or like friendships that sometimes we don't have the kind of conversations or we're not being as brutally honest or just as vulnerable as we need to be so you guys have definitely helped me and encouraged me I know you have um, for anybody that's listening I do have two last like questions that I want to ask and um, so you can answer these individually um I guess you would have to. I don't think you're going to have the same answer. I hope you don't have the same answer. I hope you're like, you have your own, but it ended up, it may end up being the same. Yeah. But the first one is, what are you the most grateful about that you think people would be shocked to hear that you're actually grateful for it? And then the other thing is, what is one way that you can be a better you tomorrow? Honestly, I'm thankful that I have a vocal wife. Very, mm. very vocal, vocal wife. Thank you. <laughs> well, that is something that uh, most people will be like, you're thankful for that? No, and the reason why I can say I'm, I'm thankful for that is because one thing that I have realized since we've been married, not before we went married, uh, was that I really don't know everything. Amen. I mean, and <laughs> I'm just being real. And I appreciate it now. But I think it had we had to go through a little test and trial, um, even before we were married, and we had some premarital counseling, and it gave us a better understanding mm-hmm. of this. Um, Amy has always been vocal since I've known her because I met her in a place when she was hurting, so she never had a problem telling me was what was on her mind. But when I started understanding that she just because she's vocal that doesn't mean that she's necessarily attacking me mm-hmm. I can appreciate her being vocal because I don't have to worry about 
what ifs. Mm-hmm. And we had to get to that place. Yeah. And she'll tell you, we, we had a rough patch for a little while because for a long time, I would shut down because I have to process stuff. And if I felt like Amy was attacking me mm-hmm. for peace sake and trying to show her the love of Christ instead of the wrath of Josh, I would keep my mouth shut Mm -hmm. and I would go into my cave and that would be it. But I've never told Amy she couldn't say what was on her mind. But when Amy changed it from yada, yada, yada to babe, I love you. I think we need to look at it at this point. You weren't right about that and you don't know everything. I love you though. So she had she had to back everything up and why are you laughing? Because it's true. She had to back everything up in love because if you if if I as a as a man, if I feel like you're coming at me and it's not in love, I didn't cut you off. Right. I don't want to she and she learned that the hard way that she didn't want you to shut down. So she ended up figuring out, okay, well, how can how can we still reach a common ground? And uh, literal squirrel. <laughs> Sometimes people are like squirrel, like okay, literal squirrel. Literal. But yeah, but I mean, she had to learn that okay, maybe that's not the best way that I can I can approach him with you know something that's on my heart. So you had to learn how to receive whatever it was that she was giving, and then she had to to learn also to. But, you, but I would have never been appreciative of her being vocal if I always felt like she was attacking me. True. So now it's like one of the best things of our marriage. And we discovered that through premarital counseling. So we are always big advocates for that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you can I don't care if you're in ministry conceived in a church. Get right. premarital counseling. It's I was a pastor. Get counseling all the time. Counseling. <laughs> I'm, I'm the poster are, child for counseling right now. Are for that. So, yes. Well, cool. Well, does that kind of like feed into the second question for you? How can, how, I be a, how can you be a better you in whatever way tomorrow that may be? How I can become a better me is to look at the bigger picture in regards of what I do. So if I know that in order to be a better me, I have to say a no right now, sometimes a small no always it'll lead to a bigger yes. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're in the process. Matter of fact, we were talking about this. I don't know if it was today. I think we were talking about it today. I was like, some of the things that I'm saying no to right now is because I'm looking at the bigger picture. I don't want to sound spiritual. It's not, it's going to be that. Be spiritual. Hi, thank you, Lord. No, but it's kind of, I still think this is weird. And you don't hear people really saying it much. But I'm really thankful for sucky seasons. Like, I'm really thankful for the seasons in my life that I thought were going to take me all the way out. Like the ones that I didn't think I'd ever recover from. Um, the ones where I thought I lost more than what I gained. The ones that changed me mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, I'm thankful for those. And not just because one of them led me to Joshua, but I'm thankful because my relationship with God is so different than it was four years ago. I am so different than Mm -hmm. what I was four years ago. And I think that it took hell to create what God wanted me to be. 
And I don't think some of the things in me, some of the ways that I know Jesus, some of the AMs with Amy never would have happened. Some of the worship opportunities people I've met, never, it never would have happened um, if I didn't have to die almost. And I think there were some things that had to die so that others could live. That's good. And so now when things happen that hurt me or confuse me or make me cry or just make me really upset, I'm like, well, I don't have to like it. It doesn't have to feel good, but I know it's birthing something. And I don't have to see it right away. And if you would have asked me three years ago, was I thankful for sucky seasons? I'd absolutely not. Because God is not, sometimes I think he is an instant God. I think he's a suddenly God. But then there are some things in our life that he is doing in us that takes time and years and preparation. And you don't ever see the purpose of something because it's so horrendous and so terrible. And it takes years. And then there's this moment. It's this aha moment. And you're like, oh, my. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And you're like, okay, God. It is well with my soul. And you realize that God really is in control in every seat. It's not just a worship song that I used to sing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. not just a scripture. You know, we get up and clap sounds really good but when you actually have to live that thing yeah um it just takes on a whole other meaning so i'm thankful for the sucky seasons mm -hmm. um and i know more will come and that's not me being a negative nancy it's just life yeah. but now i feel like because there have been you know different things in my life i've had to go through I know Jesus to be the author and the finisher. And I know that if people leave, it's okay. If people stay, it's okay. If I'm confused or hurt, it's okay. He's got me. So I know him to be a healer for myself. Hmm. I know him to be a way maker and a restorer. I know what it's like to be on the potter's wheel and be completely crushed just to be remade. And before that, I didn't know it saying about it right but i really had no idea i think showing that same grace and mercy that jesus shows us every day to other people sure. and making sure that i'm aware of that because it is so easy to um judge it is so easy to say what we should do or shouldn't do and well, they should do this and they should, but I don't know their story. Right. Exactly. And I don't know what they went through. And that's not my place. So when you met, and I said this on Amy Raven, you've been greeted by grace and met by mercy. And you not only give forgiveness, but you've received forgiveness. It makes you want to walk differently with all people. Absolutely. All people. And so for me, my hope is in this life that no matter what seasons come, that when my children 
talk about me or my friends or, or people, whatever, whether they know me or not, that my testimony will be one of Amy's a person that will greet you with grace and meet you with mercy and she will forgive you and she knows what it's like to receive forgiveness. And mm -hmm. that is how she lives out her life. And let that flow out of worship. Let it flow out of sermons. Let it flow in my marriage. Let it flow with how I deal with every situation. Because that's the life I want to live because that is what I've been given by our God. And that's the person I want to be. That's how I want to be remembered. Before there's ever a CD, before there's ever the house or a title or whatever, that's what I used to want more than anything in the world. You know that. I mm -hmm. want a tour. I want a tour bus. I already had the inside picked out. Yeah. Not only understand that I've been forgiven, but give forgiveness and give it for real. For real. To be real. free. Yeah. To walk in freedom of it. Because it's, it's, it's a different ballgame. It is. But it's wow. doable and it's beautiful. again at a later date individually and um, I have all kinds of other things that I want to like dig into with y'all so um, so we're going to save that for a later episode but again if you guys want to follow them on uh, social media they can be found at I think it's, it's a <laughs> I'm trying to think of yours is Amy Lee on Instagram I think it's Amy Lee 215 Amy Lee 215 that's her birthday by the way February 15th, Valentine's Day, day after, and then, and then, um, Wilkerson.Joshua on Insta. Wilkerson.Joshua on Instagram, and then it's, I think it's Brooks. Brooks and, Wilkerson. Yep, and Amy Wilkerson now. Amy, it might be Amy Farrell. I think it's Amy Farrell. I think it is correct. <laughs> it is. I did that. <laughs> yeah. I did that. Um, so they're on Facebook, and then, uh, the AM with Amy Facebook group that is yes. Saturday mornings at 8.30, and sometimes... Joshua is featured, and it we is. We do worship. Yes, and we need to do another worship live. Yeah, I like I wanna, so. I wanna get in on it. We haven't done one I in a while, that so I love great. that. We need to plan that. Yeah, we should be on this right now, but we probably <laughs> we will plan that. Like you should just stay here on a Friday, wake up on a Saturday, and we just jam. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be fun? That with would be. Coffee? Yeah. Absolutely. If y'all got death, death by coffee. Is that what it's called? Death wish coffee. Death wish coffee. <laughs> It's I, I so good. I don't have any right now, but I know where to get it, and it only takes me five minutes to uh -oh. get it. So. Yeah, oh, he, 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 have it right he knows now. where to get it. He knows where to get it. He got that, that supply up. <laughs> My God. <laughs> well, that is so cool. But thank you so much for allowing me to come into your home and to sit on your sofa and furniture. And I love you guys so much. And y'all are, are family to me. And thank you guys so much for listening to Church Talk.